four, three, two, one. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Another episode of the Super Friends Podcast with yours truly, H-Towns, Zay, Coach Chris, special appearance, and Super Mario 561. What's up, fellas? What's going on, man? You know All right, man. Yes, yes. Well, listen, I'm going right into it. We're going to be fast-paced this week. I got some good news. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure y'all got some good stuff, too. I know we're turning, you guys are turning into celebrities. So, you know, try to keep the pressure, keep a humble head. But uh, the, the material is real organic and uh, is needed for the culture. So let me go to our sponsor this week. Okay. Our sponsor this week is Four Seasons Air Conditioning. If your AC don't work, put on the fan until we get there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas, listen. I'm going to give a confession this week early. I thank the government after me, man. My my inbox this week, I done had a lot of Caucasian women in my inbox this week, man. I think they're trying to marry and bury me. I think they're trying to marry and bury me, man. Inbox on fire this week. I'm we got to do, do, do a show on uh, interracial. Yeah, we got, <laughs> man, look. And I said, all my life, I've never had such an activity. And this week, that's what happened all week. So I seen it on Undercover Brother. Okay. All right. I'm going to start off this show this week with headlines. Dr. Dre and wife of 24 years, after 24 years has filed for divorce, the couple is set to split $880 million due to Dr. Dre and his wife not having a prenup. So my question is, should men and women have prenups or does that present tension? After saying this person is who you want to spend the rest of your life with, let's go to Coach Chris first, and then I'm going to Mario, and then I'm going to Zay. Does well, it cost uh, in the relationship? It's eight hundred eighty million dollars. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Back then, I didn't have nothing but some some records and a, a turntable, and after twenty four years, I've amassed a fortune. Well, um, what I say is this. I know me and Hardy kind of disagree on this. I believe that marriage is a business, and that's just what I believe. Now, he 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 seems to differ on that, but I say if you don't believe that marriage is a business, you definitely better believe that divorce is. So if you go into that situation, you should go into the situation with the understanding that it is a business. So when, when things like this come up, when divorce, because a lot of the Divorce is over 50% of marriage. That's just the reality of it. Um, I believe going into that situation, you should, you guys should start something well. Since it's a business, whatever we create from this business, from Dr. Dre and my wife, whatever we create, we should have no problem with splitting simply because we have we are equally invested into it. So that's why I think prenups is a good thing because you can say, well, this union produces a business. Whatever we produce together, then we can split. Because that that way, people would have no problem with splitting it because they would equally invest it. They work hard, that's, and they create it together. So, I Mario, she was shooting with. I don't know if she was with him shooting in the gym, but boy, that's a that's tough. Mario, Mario, because my answer gonna surprise y'all. Well, how 
you know, I don't believe in prenups, but I wouldn't be opposed to signing one, but I don't believe into it. So I would never issue it. Um, the, the main reason why I wouldn't is because it's hard to, uh, it, it can get so tricky in a prenup because she might not have been physically with me starting my business, but she might have been home taking care of my kids, um, relieving me of stress daily. Because um, some people pay for uh, stress relievers or pay other things. Or like, you know what I'm saying? Because right now, if I'm having a stressful business and my wife taking care of my kids, making sure all the bills paid, not, not making sure that I don't have to worry about that aspect of my life and all I have to do is focus on growing the business and that's it, then she was just as vital to this uh, me coming up as anything else because there's nothing like having somebody who can take care of that half of your life and relieve that off your plate. So in Dr. Dre's instant, um, I think she was there for a long time. I think he kind of knew what he getting into before he signed it because when you are famous, it almost got to go into it with lawyers. But I wouldn't sign a prenup just because I don't think it's on. I'm going in it forever. Zabo, go I ahead. I'll finish it off. Um, I mean, I don't believe in prenups myself. Um, it real. With today's business, I can understand why it's necessary and why it's needed, but I don't believe in it. If they've been together as long as they've been together, I think you should break off, take care of them, and move on. It, it is what it is. It's just money. But it's more than enough to share. So I, I believe he should give her, a, I don't know, whatever cut they decide on, but he need to take care of her. And then, they, like I said, move on, progress, because she was there. Well, well I'm going to surprise y'all and say, in this scenario i say 880 million he break off full 100 he still you're not gonna be able to spend 400 million in a lifetime i don't care if you're the greatest crackhead in the history of crack you mm. can't smoke up 400 million we've heard about 50 million but not 400 but i do say that there should be a financial plan for people that don't have a lot of money because i've seen a lot of guys get screwed on the low end you know i've actually seen dudes that have left women and they got uh what's the thing alimony so you know it's mm -hmm. all the fairy telling is good but at the same time i think as far as you have kids and stuff you want that cement because if it's a nasty breakup from experience i've seen it you want the parenting plan already put down in place you want the number set as far how much you paying for child support but and the money, everybody should have a straight amount that say hey we're gonna break with that even if we can't come to an agreement because i mean when you break up emotions are high and people you know at each other head you know so going into the second question because we're moving fast tonight um we submitted we're open this week to allowing people to give feedback and actually questions and a lot of the women that have watched the show are more intrigued by the involvement of you guys everybody's evolved you know we went from being young men in our neighborhoods to professionals, you know, business owners. Uh, the question this week was, what key traits were necessary for you to evolve from a boy to a man? Hardy, you want to take that one first? Yeah, um, well, I think um, it's, a, it's a right to passion for every man to find himself and to be um, stable. And I mean financially stable and mentally stable before you can call yourself a man. See, a lot of times we look at age as a man, but I, to me, 
for one thing I had to do is I had to uh, conquer stand on my own with no roommates, with nothing, just being able to master me being solely responsible for me. Like having to pay my bills, having to, um, you know, um, get on, go to work every day or have some kind of structure in my life. Then I had to uh, master, then look in the mirror. Because what, ha what happens is when you stay by yourself or when you kind of bogged down with uh, bills or anything like that, you got to kind of make sacrificial decisions. You know what I'm saying? You got to make sacrifices and and make sure that everything in your life adds up right. So it forces you to look in the mirror. So that was a big thing for mine, for me to go forward. Xavier. My brother. Xavier, what key traits, what key traits were necessary for you to evolve from a boy to a man? Um, the, well, the transition from boy to man is you really had to uh, oh, you. take a look at what you're doing. What was it like? Take a look at what you're doing at the time and ask yourself, what do you want to be? And you definitely have to make some decisions. You have to. I don't know. It's, it's a lot to it. Because, again, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, growing up, we hung out a lot. So, therefore, a lot of things that we did, we had to do away with because we had to understand that now the situation has changed. It went from a brotherhood of sorts of we're hanging out with each other every day to now we ventured off and we kind of branched off even though we stayed together. And now you have to take care of things such as the children, such as the parents, such as making sure that you yourself is first um, in a good position so that you can branch off and those family members that are under your care that you have to make sure are good, are good in that. That's, I think, the changing moment for you right then when it's no longer about you. That selfishness you have to give up to now lead because you're going to have to make those sacrifices, make sure every, everyone is good. And that's, I think, right in that that little transition there of selfishness, what it would be for me. Because everything was me, me being the only child for my mother. I didn't really have a lot of uh, responsibilities that I had to do. Having a child changed that, and it made me look back at my mother now and thank her more so now because a lot of things that she took care of for me, she was showing me how to do, and I had to learn that. And that wasn't taught to me by a man. That was actually taught to me by a woman. So that, that question there is, is a little sticky. All right. Well, let me, I'm going to hop in before I go to Chris because I think Chris is going to give great insight. Um, I'm going to say this. For me... I tell any, when I talk to young mothers and a lot of young mothers that having to raise, you know, single parent, you know, single parent situation. I know a lot of women that kind of cuddle the boy, cuddle their young men. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, for me, the thing that woke me up the most was me hitting the ground, right? It's like shit or swim or sink or swim. When I actually hit the ground is when I woke up. I had to, I had to experience that. When I left the streets, I, you know, the, the same places that I gave money freely to, to close their door to me. The same people when I went to them was like, hey, I need to borrow $20 to get some formula or some milk. Or the same people that kind of looked in my eyes and say, I ain't got it. And I know those are people that I have given hundreds to, you know. So I actually had to hit the ground to appreciate everything that my mom or my dad them did for me. Y'all know my pops. My pops, when he had me, he was a kid himself. Him and my mom were young. My mom was 16. My grandmother raised me. 
when I see my dad, my dad would say, hey, what's up, boy? And walk right past me. You know why? Because he was still on the streets. He was a hustler. He was an actual pimp. But even then, he got involved and got him a job and progress and got married. I'm saying to the young ladies that are raising kids, do not complain about sorry men because most cases you loving your child to a certain extent can cause a sorry man. As you say, you got to let, you got to let these young men experience some of the hard night, hard knocks of life. And that's, what's going to make a man, you know, allow that mentoring to come through. Allow somebody to say something to your kid because most of the time, even when I was in the school system, you couldn't say nothing to the young man. And when we came up, you know, you can be, get your ass whipped by a perfect by a stranger you didn't know for being disrespectful. So I'm saying for me, it, I needed to hit the ground before I valued anything. Go ahead, Chris. Well, the number one trait I believe that's uh, you need from growing from a man, I mean, a boy to a man, is accountability because accountability. Uh, results in responsibility. And what I mean by accountability is simply not blaming anyone else for anything that happens in your life. I don't care even if it's their fault. If you can if you can find a way to say, well, it's their fault, but I put myself in this situation. And these, these things that I did led me to be in those situations. If you can take accountability for every single thing that happens to you, that's when you become a man. Because there's no one else to blame. You become the CEO of your life. And that's the that's the goal. When you become the CEO of your life, that's when you become a man. That's when you say, well, it's my responsibility to, to balance my, my bank account. It's my responsibility to finance myself. It's my responsibility to feed myself. It's my responsibility to do my laundry. It's my responsibility. Everything is on me. So I think the number one trait is accountability. Because again, accountability breeds responsibility. That once you become accountable, now you become you become responsible for your children. Just per se, if you're not a, if you don't take accountability in your life, you're never going to take responsibility for your kids. That means whatever it takes to provide for them kids, to make sure for those kids, to lead those kids, to teach those kids, you put yourself in the position. And that and that's not a overnight thing. That's a constant decision-making thing every single day. You have to make good decisions. You got to get in the habit of making good decisions to make long-term good decisions, to, to especially when it comes to your kids. So for me, it's got to be, the trait has to be accountability. I agree. I agree with that. All right. Well, I'm going to say, you got something else, Mark? I'm going to question two, but I wanted to say something um, before we pose this question. One of the things that made me run for office, I understood, like, when, when you see, uh, they say a, 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 a crackhead chasing the next high, right? When I was in Riviera Beach, I remember Riviera Beach was like Wellington. Uh, we had judges. We had doctors on the street. My, my city manager was my coach. I remember Riviera Beach, and I remember crackhead. When crackhead Riviera Beach, the whole city changed within six months, right? Um, I had homeboys who now mom and dad was walking the streets, you know, and would come to my house to eat. You know what I mean? I knew uh, dudes who mom was dating one of their friends. I knew people that grew up with some real life trauma. I knew uh, some young ladies that I've met as I got older that said they were molested, you know, 
Um, you had men that were molested. You had kids that went to prison, that got sent to prison at a young age, you know, for selling crack. Hell, I'm just trying to feed my family. Um, I said all that to say all of us, are, most people have experienced some kind of trauma while they were growing up. The question is, how do we heal from trauma of living and growing up in the hood? I think, how do you heal from trauma, period, in your life? I'm going back to I'm going to Mario, Chris, and Denzay. How do you heal from the trauma of living and growing up in the hood? But I say, how do you heal from the childhood traumas that you had? Well, the first thing I had to do is um, who wanted first, Chris or Zay? I thought Hart was going first. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Hart. Yeah, um, go ahead. I think I'm gonna continue. I'm gonna continue about what uh, Chris was saying. First thing you gotta do is take accountability and understand that a lot of times in your life we was always forced with. Uh, situations and um decisions so in decisions we came up with yeah we was uh probably neglected or didn't have the uh best hand in life but a lot of the uh situations we got put into when we were younger was our decisions the second thing is i think that you got to really just sit back and try to unlearn stuff i remember when i first started uh i became a manager at my company and i was like man it's hard to deal with uh dudes i told myself that i'm gonna hire as many young black dudes as i can to try to get them, um, you know, a leg up, even though they was terrible on interviews, came in there underdressed and everything. I said, I remember I got homeboys like that, and I was like that. So all I needed was a hand. But then when I started managing them, I started seeing like, man, it's hard to, uh, you see, you start seeing the trauma. So you're like, man, how do I get better? How do I get better? So I had to unlearn some stuff. Like I had to not be quick to under to say when you say this, I'm gonna retaliate like this. Uh, not make everything personal to me. Um, tell people I, I love you more. Like you, I think it got to be a conscious effort every single day to uh make your life better. And I think that's the only way that you can um heal yourself from trauma without going to actually see somebody. And then you know I'm always say you have to really really pray. Like I pray daily. I ask God for help daily, and then I go out. And I have a list. I tell myself that I'm going to smile more every day and I'm going to be better every day because I feel like it's going to tear down the stereotype that the hood tell you to build up. Like, man, don't cry. You got to be tough. Stop being friendly. Don't hang with those guys when all those things are horrible in the real world. Because if you don't network, you're not going to make more connections. But the hood tell you don't network. Stay in your own little clique. And that just suffocates you. Because now you're depending on and taking from the same people. So I think it's the, the, the key to that is unlearning all the bad stuff that you had learned over the years and trying to really, what they say, become a new person within the um, realm of staying yourself to your true morals. Yeah, I agree. Chris. Um, that's, that's a tricky question to me because you said heal from. I don't believe that you do. I don't believe that you heal from. I think that you you heal you're healing as you go. I think you heal every single day. I don't think you never. The, Tupac said you're gonna see some things that's gonna make it hard for you to smile, and that's what that is true about growing up in the hood. So you can never. I don't think you ever actually heal from it. You, it's a daily process of healing. And a lot of things that Demario said is true. Smile more. I, I have an issue with smile. I'm all people see me and I'm always frowning. Um, I have an issue with with saying I love you. I, when I when I moved 
to be closer to my daughter, that's when I started saying I love you. So now y'all can call me, and at the end of the um conversation, I might say, "All right, bro, I love you." You know what I'm saying? So it, it that displaying that love and saying that love is it, it it helps out a lot. But what helped me to heal the most was humor, and and the reason why I say that is is because I have a gift, and I think that it's shared with my family that we can find humor in the most traumatic situations. And no matter what it is, we was always able to joke. We It's a reoccurring theme on this, on this show about the incident that happened with my sister. Although it was bad, when she got out of the hospital that day, I have a picture in my phone of her smiling, big eyed, everything swollen. But the first picture that I was sent she was smiling. When I got on the phone with her, we talking about it. This is her coming fresh out of the hospital. When I got on the phone with her, we talked about it. The first thing I said was, you look like Tommy when he fought, uh, I mean, you look like Martin when he fought Tommy Hearns. Now, to me, that's the only way I've been able to deal with some of the things that I've been going through, that I've went through in my life, through humor. So, again, I don't feel that you can be healed. I think it's a it's a constant process. It's a daily process of trying to trying to heal, because the the things that you see in the hood, the things that you experience, the things that you go through, are tough to shake off. You, I don't think you ever shake them off. But I personally use humor to get myself through all the tra- all the traumas and all the traumatic things that I that I've went through. All right, going to Zay, Chris, check your connection, Zay. Uh, Chris made a very valid point. Um, I think the traumas of the hood two ways. You know what I'm saying? I laugh at a lot of them. As y'all know, you know, I'm I'm a jokester. I, I find humor in the dumbest situations because they just don't make any sense. But also, too, I use it because, um, as Chris said, we are continually healing. We're never really fully healed, you know, because you always remember. It's almost like touching the red eye on the stove. You know, uh, it still stings even once that is gone. So that's, that stands as a constant reminder. But, um, and I think I ended that journey around around 30 where I, I started to unlearn everything that I was taught because I knew that, or I started to find out that it wasn't true. Um, a lot of things that were taught to us and those are like faux pas of the hood or whatever, but we've all ventured out and we've tried different things. And what you found out is that a lot of what they told you that you can't do is actually what you need to be doing. So it made me kind of, uh, for myself, look at something we would learn in church about the, uh, the broad path that everybody takes versus the one that's narrow. And venturing off, which probably is going to go into the next topic is, you know, going off into that, that other path and just trying other things uh, other than what I saw as my ceiling around me, everything that I saw everybody else doing. Because, you know, for us, a lot of times, um, the individuals that we thought were successful was the guy with the nice car, with the nice paint and the pocket full of money, not realizing that all the money that he possessed was in his front pocket. He didn't really have any money is what we come to, to learn. That's a problem of the hood because there's so many people who aspire to be that guy, not knowing that you can be a whole lot more in the world, but it's different teaching. And um, again, back into something that we're going to get into a little later on, I believe that some of the traumas of the hood is um, church for one, which I know a lot of people probably get upset with me about, but the way, not church itself, but the way the church is taught to us. 
You know what I'm saying? Making sure that if we're going to be truthful, be truthful all the way through and through. Then the other thing is, uh, is going to be the education system where uh, you got to get um, you got to get through high school and you got to go to college. And I think that that's something that's taught to us. But not in all instances is the best fit for us because you can go to a technical school and do just as good in life without being forced or bludgeoned into this mold, this said mold, I feel like. And um, those are some of, the, some of the traumas from the hood that I feel like mess with me, mess with a lot of us going through realizing that um, as we were going through this thing, it wasn't the way that we were taught by older people that didn't know anything how to live life. So Fires had a, a thing where he would come out and say, uh, I'm not friendly. And a lot of people jump on that. That's a trauma of the hood because I come to find out that I'm very friendly. As a matter of fact, all the money that I'll, I'll actually earn in life is currently in the pocket of someone else. And that's a trauma of the hood. You won't speak to a person to say, how you doing? Like Hardy said, smile. You know how you pass a, a brother in the street. And right now, especially with this damn time, you pass by a black brother in the street. And before you smile and say, hey, man, what's going on? You mug him. And I don't know him. But he did nothing to you. You see what I'm saying? So we got to break away from those things, but we're always constantly healing because we're starting to see with the, time, the times now that those aren't even the way to go, how we should even be living. And I think that's what we need to teach the generation of the men coming up under us and also the women, how to be treated, hold the door for them, um, you know, pump the gas, do the tires, because we see a lot of guys that don't even do that. That's a trauma from the hood because just like us, fathers weren't there. Thank God we had guys in the neighborhood that showed us what men uh, do and who they are. And you know, thank God we got to rely on them, but we didn't have it firsthand. And that's like I said, uh, that's a trauma of the hood. And we got to, I think, teach so that we can come up out of that. But we to ourselves are healing. So as we are, are uh, teaching this, we're learning this as well. Well, <clears throat> thank you for all of that, Zay. Um, <laughs> I will say this. Listen. <laughs> Listen. Hey, man. Listen. You got to accept the game, man. At the age of 30, this is how we really talk, though. So, this will make it organic, boy. <laughs> Listen, at the early 35, right, Jarrell told me something that was true. I, I had a lot of trauma that I thought I healed from. Jarrell taught me that I never healed from it. I just learned how to work through it and process it, you know. And a lot of times people will pack stuff in the back of their lives and then one day they explode and don't even realize that you're still carrying all that around. I know people who scared to confront their traumas or their ghosts, you know what I mean? I, my grandmother passed a decade ago. I'm still grieving that, and I didn't realize that until two years ago, when a holiday come around. I'm, I'm I don't want to come out the house. You know what I mean? Even if I don't even know it's that day, my spirit knows I feel a certain kind of way. So I think in evolution and growth, man, you got to get to a point that you do tackle it, or at least have somebody that you can discuss it with, man. Because yeah. men are already under a lot of PTSD every day. And I tell women, you know, being a black man is hard, but give us grace because a lot of us didn't have the proper ingredients to be as 
impactful as we could be. We didn't got daddy. We might not have mamas. We might have had the support we needed. So following that up, man, in college, when I graduated from high school, for some folks, the best school in high in, in, in the country. Right. Um, I had a lot of people. Listen, I had a lot of people, man, that graduated perfect SATs. You know, they were going off to be these big people that were going to change the world, right? I had a homeboy that named Damon. Damon said, I'm going to, I'm going to be a garbage man, right? Oh, they laughed him out of school. My brother, I, I think he just retired. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got homeboys that went and, been, went and became policemen. 20 years, they retired. And I got them same people that's boy, about $200,000 in debt with student loans, you know? And traditionally, I didn't go to college right away because, you know, that wasn't a blueprint in front of me, but certain people went to college just because my mama went to college, my grandma went to college, and that's the blueprint for success. That's what they were taught. What is the difference, or I ain't gonna say the difference because it just said entrepreneurs versus college. What is the most impactful or how should someone gauge that choice in their life? Go with, I'm gonna go to Zay this time. Right. Entrepreneurs versus college. I'm definitely gonna go with entrepreneurship. You know that just because you know me. And just as I alluded to when we were speaking before, it's just that that thinking. See, I see that printing press of how you said high school, college, and then that's the blueprint of success. For a lot of people, I've come to see that that wasn't. A lot of them were stuck. But then I have a lot of friends who have done uh, something out of you no know, mechanical, and they're fine and they're straight. Just like you, you may mention a Demond. Come on, man, Demond, straight. I seen him. He talked to me. His job is cake, but his life is straight. And he never went to college. So I think that it's a conversation that needs to happen with parents that get to actually know your child, see where their strengths is. Um, don't just funnel them, you know, like uh, into college. Let them let them tell you what it is they want to do. Be supportive of them and try to help them the best way they can. That's my view with the college versus harder. School. Well, first of all, harder. Well, first of all, I agree with the, uh, you got to know your child. So my daughter just went to college, right? So I put no pressure on her, but I wanted to make sure that she knew what she was getting into, right? So when she entered the ninth grade, she said she wanted to be this. So I said, okay, I'm going to do everything to help you do that. But in the 11th and 12th grade, yeah, I always remind her, if you don't want to change, if you don't want to do this, you can always do this. But you got to let me know something you want to do. See, Right now, I believe a lot of time, a lot of people find themselves in college. So that is a good thing of going to college. But I also believe a lot of people waste time in college. So and I don't want to do that and run up bills. So I told her to make sure that if she wanted to start a nail salon. I would be okay with that. And we'll take the college money, get you a nail salon, and find a way for this to grow for the next 20 years. Because I agree that I know a lot of people right now who got trades and who are doing phenomenal. But I also know a lot of people who didn't go to school and didn't, and they just been twiddling through life from job to job to job to job. Yeah. And one thing that uh, graduated from college do give you, if you don't have your mind right, it give you a, a one step up with that paper. Because having a degree in the main world does give you a step up if you don't know what you're doing. Because right now, some jobs won't even talk to you, or you can't even become a manager of a certain statue unless you have a degree. Or they'll send you back to school for it. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's really going to go boil down to uh, where your mind at and what you want to do. Because you cannot, if you want to be an engineer, you got to go to school. If you want to be a doctor, you got to go to school. 
And sometimes if you don't, you get a business degree, but you don't know what you want to do. But then you get into another job and you say, well, I got a business degree. You can go right and become a manager and skip the other part. So I think it's, it, it all depends on the person. Okay. Coach Chris. Um, well, I, I think it's an unfair question because uh, to the best of my knowledge, nobody on this panel has graduated college. So it's hard to con compare and contrast the two since nobody graduated college. Um, what I would say with that is this. I do. That agree? With what? Yes, I didn't know. Stormwater management. Well, see, maybe you maybe you can speak on it. For me, I was well, I speak for myself. I didn't graduate. I went to college. Uh, I used the financial aid money to do things that I didn't supposed to do, and uh, I basically <laughs> focused on women and things I didn't supposed to do a lot in college. So, what I would say is this: your banker is never going to ask for your GPA. Ever. Your banker is never going to ask for your GPA. When you go get a um, a home loan, they're never going to ask for your GPA. When you go get a car loan, when you go get a loan, period, they're never going to ask for your GPA. Instead of us focusing on what's better, entrepreneurship or, or college, I think the, the main focus we should be always in, embedded into us and our children is multiple streams of income. No matter what you do, we can go to college. That's fine, but don't go to college just to get a job, and that's it. That's the only that's the only stream of income that you have. If you want to be an entrepreneur, that's fine. Don't just have one stream of income. Instead of focusing on which one is better, which one is worse, let's focus on more streams of uh, multiple streams of income. Now, for myself. Uh, I'm, I'm, when my, my daughter talks to me and she'll say, uh, well, when I get a job, I'm gonna, I say, no, you're going to create a job. I don't want you thinking that you have to get a job. I want you to think that you have to create it, that you need to create a job. So that's, that's how I take that. I don't want to, cause I've seen it on both sides. I've seen the, I've heard the argument on both sides. People that go to college, gets really upset when, when people say you shouldn't go to college. Um, but also what we have to understand is one of the number one things, and Zay might be able to help you, uh, reinforce this because he, he had, he has a credit history. One of the number one things that affects your credit is your student loans. So that's something that you have to take in consideration when you do go to college. Not to say that you shouldn't. I'm just saying, make sure that you take your student loan debt into consideration because that's something that hurts a lot of our uh, credit, and credit is king. That's all I got. That's all you got? That's all I got. Well, no. But listen, I'm going to do something different. Let's go at the panel because, listen, we were all Riviera Beach residents at one time. Uh, 20 years ago, we were all different people. You know, I give hearty description, you know, at some point, you know, you put away foolish things, yada, yada, not the yada, yada, the Bible, but you know the verse, right? Right, right. Right now, Mario, your company is, you are, what is it? Uh, Hardest Home. What do you do, Mario? Hardest Home Inspection. I got a home inspection company, and it goes to uh, Georgia, Alabama, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Mississippi. Okay. 
And Xavier is a mobile independent barber and a tech tax analyst, right? Yes. Chris, Coach Chris up top, is well, now I think- a public figure, now a celebrity. Celebrity, former successful music artist, but you are a business owner now with Zing. Well, give me the company again. Well, before I go into me, I, I, I think do global, we underplay Zay. Zay is a barber entrepreneur. He's been in taxes. He's been, and he's also been in life insurance. So he's been, he's very multifaceted. So I think we undersold Zay. But for me personally, I have a company named King Services. That's King with a C, spelled incorrectly on purpose. If you, my what I spoken is, you got the buck, I got the truck. We pick up in a pickup. Basically, to make it short and sweet, it's like the Uber Eats for stuff. Let's just say you um ordering something off of Facebook Marketplace. Let's say you own let go or offer up. The average price for to rent a small U-Haul can be upwards of seventy to a hundred dollars. What and what I've learned in business is that you can save someone time and money. You will always have a successful business, and that's what King Services does: save you time and save you money. If you got the book, I got the truck. We pick up in a pickup. And you're located in the central Florida yes. area, correct? Yes. But we are expanding. And we are now LLC and we're doing business. And the, the new name of the company will be will be announced August 17th. We're changing the name. We're going, we're going to scale. Look out for great things to come. Yeah, man, I would like for you to well, do my, my uh, promotion. Which, oh, yeah. Good. Do my own promotion. Okay. All right. Okay, coach. Uh, good job, the coach. Second, last topic of the night. Yeah. The last topic of the night is one that's going to be very interesting. I got a lot of uh, opinion about this matter, maybe because I have some bias on it, but I don't even know who to go to first. The question was, what advice for men dating single moms and the advice for single moms trying to date? And this is coming from four guys. If there are any women in the audience, I might pull them on. But advice for men dating single moms and advice for single moms trying to date. I got a lot to say about this topic. Well, you start. I want to acknowledge. Wait, I want to acknowledge. I want to acknowledge one of our viewers. Terrence, T. Black, the barber. If you got a chill. got a commercial out of us last week. <laughs> yeah, cut it down. <laughs> he won't be. At, he won't be at my home anytime soon. Uh, advice for me and dating single moms. Advice for single moms trying to date. This is gonna be catchy. No, it ain't gonna be catchy. It's gonna be somewhere I might get my hand slapped on this. As a person who has dated single moms, and this is a lot of single moms out here, for the men, I will say this only because I was a young child at one time. I know that, you know, we're going to chase the cat, as JT Money will say. But I do want us men, the real men out here, to be mindful of the impact that you have in young kids' lives, even if the mama may not be so responsible. 
you I feel like we have a responsibility of the images that our kids see. I know you might meet somebody who she dated a lot of men, you know, and the kids are used to, you know, seeing various men. And some people don't understand the impact of that, you know, with a young man or a young girl seeing mom date a lot. They don't may not know the difference. I'm not saying mom is putting out, but they're coming into contact with a lot of people. Second, in the area where we're hearing so many stories about molestation and people, you know, um, violating your kids, I think you have to be mindful of that when you are dating men. I know everyone wants to get married, and I know that's the goal. But I think that as men, we have to be mindful of the kids. We can like the woman, but be mindful of the impact we have on our on those kids. And I say for the women, I just think that you, I will personally, I don't even want to meet the kids until you get to a certain point where I think we, you know, we might have something. I'll meet you anywhere, but I don't want to meet your kids because, you know, those kids are going to remember me later on in life. So I asked something if I can remember it later because, you know, I have to go off the dome. But who want to take this first? Uh, I take it. Uh, Coach Chris? <clears throat> well, I think that um, we have traditional things that we say. Um, but what I think we need to focus on is the words that we use. Because the, the things that we think affect the things that we say. And the things that we say affect the things that we do. So you hear a lot of times when you're dating when you're dating single mamas that terms like I'm a package deal. You hear terms like my kids come first. You hear terms like um, if you love me, you gotta love my kids. Now traditionally we think that those are great things, but the devil is always in the details. We have to understand that um, those statements aren't always can be red flags. What I say is this. In you, when you're dealing with a situation like that, a woman that says, you have to love me, you have to love my kids if you love me, that means you have, that leaves you with no choice. You have no choice. If you love her, you have to love the kids. And I think in any situation, you should have a choice. You should have options. You should have to be able to, as a man, you should be able to make your decisions. Because on the other hand, that child has a choice. That child has a choice whether he loves you, he loves you or not. He doesn't, he's not forced or told you have to love this man simply because I love this man by that mother. That child is a choice. And that decision, that choice that that child makes is greatly dependent on your relationship. Because if that child gives a bad report or don't or don't love you or whatever the case may be, that can affect your relationship or possibly end it. Now, if the child has a choice, why shouldn't you have a choice? I don't believe that love should be forced on anyone. I think that you should love, you should, it should be organic. I don't have, I, as a history, as a coach, I, the, the uh, team is 10 players. I didn't, I didn't have to love those kids and they didn't have to love me to be, to be respectful to each other, to get the job done. Cause that's what you do when you get with some woman, you're, you're building a team. You don't need to love a person, a person to to get the job done. Second of all, the, when they talk about the kids come first, let's say you're dealing uh, dealing with a woman that's a, that's also a Christian. That means God, the kids, who knows her, the the situation with her parents, that in the parents, then you. 
So you're in a situation where you're going into a situation where you're like fourth in line. No woman, you can't tell no woman that you're fourth to me. You can't tell a woman any. No woman want to hear that she's fourth in line for her. She's always going to say, "I want to be first. So we have they have, women have to understand it, and we have to take that take those things as red flags. I believe that you're grown people. We should be able to multitask. I shouldn't have to tell you. I shouldn't have to put you in a, in a numeric order to treat you in the same capacity as which I treat my daughter. And not only that, I don't require you to love my daughter. I love my daughter enough for the both of us. Now, if you get, if we, if me and you in a relationship and you happen to, and you, you, you know, you build a relationship with my daughter organically, not forced, because I'm not going to force her to love you and I'm not going to force you to love her. But what I do teach my daughter is to respect adults, period. So all I need from you is to respect her because I'm going to enforce her to respect you. And if a love come organically from that, that is fine with me. But no one should be forced to love anyone. No one should be accepted accepted to be put fourth, third in line in any type of situation. Because your responsibilities, you're going to have first in line responsibilities, but you got to accept fourth in line treatment. And that's not okay. Harder. Well for, well, for dudes, I always say this too. You brought up a a good a good point because one of my uh, defining factors when I dated women with uh, children is I didn't want to date a woman with a girl just because. Like I just felt like I felt uncomfortable. I didn't want nothing to be said. I got a daughter. I know how protected I am of my daughter, and I felt like it's hard already for me to deal with my daughter than it would be to deal with somebody else's daughter. So I choose not to date women with women with, with little girls. And I said, with a boy, if you have a boy, I will always tell women that you got to understand, if you want me, that means you see a man in me. So if I'm giving him any kind of guidance or any kind of thing, the same thing that attracted you to me, my strength, my way of thinking and all that, you have to understand that if I'm telling your son anything, it's going to be the better himself too. So you got to kind of uh, give me the rings a little bit. and Because even though we and you don't make it, you should understand that I'm a mentor at heart first. So it had, I agree with Chris. The respect of him being a young boy is going to want me to pour into him regardless. It has nothing to do with the love part, which I think they throw that word around too too frequently. I think it's just the understanding that if you say I am that guy to you and you think that I'm so special that I can bring me around your kids, then you got to let me be around your kids and then not micromanage me and understand that I'm coming with love too. Uh, oh. with, um, well, that's what women. With dudes, I think you got to just be mindful too of every situation and you got to really have your eyes open and don't focus just on the woman and getting to the prize because a lot of times I got a lot of friends and we get ourselves in the situation where we could have seen it coming and we had to just look because baby daddies uh ex exes and all that kind of stuff right there that play a, a pivotal role in who you gonna be and how y'all gonna be and she get it talking to though she can tell you why that didn't work you can hit the door there then because you can see that, yeah, this is going to be a reoccurring thing because it wasn't him. It was something that she ain't got over, like him. Um, and then I'm going to say the same thing with, uh, on both cases. Y'all got to be ready to understand it's going when you have kids, it's going to take a lot of compromise on both ends because I know I had a daughter as soon as I became grown. So every girl I encountered had to understand that my main objective in life was to take care of her. 
and which was probably not going to be fair to them most of the case. And to be blunt, I didn't give a damn because my main focus in life right now was to take care of Jalen. But also that they should have told him that I wasn't ready for a relationship. Because if I didn't know how to multitask, like Chris said, and understand how to balance a relationship and my daughter, then that should have gave them a red flag to say, he's 100% into his daughter. He doesn't have time for me. Let me skate. But instead, they tried to come in and be a mom, do this and do this, and then seeing that the job was too overwhelming, and then I end up being the bad guy, which is okay. But I'm just saying from hindsight looking, you got to look at everything when you're going into something because a lot of times we just see the person and our infatuation with them and we're not looking at all the other moving pieces. And when somebody has a child, it's a lot of moving pieces. A lot, a lot. Zay Ball. Yes, sir. Um, shoot. For me, I'm 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 a man who's dated single mothers. So uh the first thing I'll say is say. when it comes, <laughs> hey, I have, you know, a couple times. <laughs> 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 the, thing that, the thing about it is this, and I, I, I think all of y'all can attest to this. Um, just be a stand-up guy. If you're gonna be um, dating that woman, instill something into the into the young men, into the women. You know, show them how they should be treated. Treat their mother kindly. I think those are some of the ground fundamental things. Don't be a, fellas. Don't be afraid to. Uh, I ain't gonna say we'll discipline or scold or even uh, just mold them. Because obviously, some most of the times the fathers are not there. Sometimes they are, and that's an approach that need to be taken by men, not the hands-off approach of "that's not my child" or "I don't want to get involved" when you're involved with the mother. So, Chris, what you were saying—they are a package deal. You feel me? If you love the mother, by default, you're gonna love the children. Um, the respect thing is gonna come. I'm just saying it depends if you start from the beginning and you ask yourself what you're doing are you smashing are you really dating him and but see, that's the thing i don't believe that i have to love the kid and i don't no no no, no. has to love me i'm going to I, I have a i have a genuine love for kids period like i said i have a coaching background so i have a genuine love for kids no matter what and i personally am a father of a daughter so I'm not going to come into any situation with any type of with any woman. So listen to what I'm saying. I'm not saying off the rip. I'm I'm not saying to you off the rip, but I'm saying by default, if you get into it enough with that mother to where you feel like you love her, you gotta love her and everything around her. So you're going to love them that way. That way, you're going to uh, water that flower because you want it to grow. And you want to nurture it too. Let me say something that. Zay probably can attest to this. I've gotten burned like that a few times. Why? Mm -hmm. Because of how I grew up, I have a heart for kids, whether they're in their teens or whatever. So when I meet somebody back in the day, I always did try to establish, you know, first of all, listen, judge me, but if I know them kids too goddamn bad, I'm not even dealing with it at all, not even the smash. But if I meet, if I meet it's something in me, and it's something in y'all too, you're going to, I know with us, as far as young men, we can't help it. We are going to try to attach the young men, give them a good word. You know, like, hey, bro, you know, you might not want to do this. Or, hey, think about things that way. I have always had an attachment to the, to the kids. And I don't know if I can be around them without having some kind of influence. The place where I've gotten burned at, a lot of mothers, single mothers, will date you. 
but then try to keep you at bay, right? And and when I say at bay, you oh, killing me. When I say at bay, yeah. they don't want you to give any kind of influence. So they don't now want you to give any kind of influence. So now you look, you killing me. Now you're looking like a weak man to the woman. It's a lot of single mamas. They've been on their own. I'm doing, and they they're gonna really put that into the young man or young girl. We doing. I don't need no man. I'm doing all this on my own, right? So when she does get with a real man, she want to date you, but then still run the kingdom over there, and you can't even be effective or have a, a impact with the kids because now the kids looking at you different. I tell you, men, stay away from them type of situations because you will get burned. That was my take, Chris. What I would say is this, and I. Again, I'm talking about something that I've never really experienced. I've never been in a serious, committed relationship with a woman with kids. Now, when I the way I define a relationship, now everybody else might not do that, do it the same way. But I define a relationship when there's something when they, when either we're living together, we have a child together, or I have introduced you to my daughter in that type of capacity. I have I talk I talk freely with my daughter. I try to be as open as I possibly can with my daughter. So there's a difference between me saying, hey, this is Miss So-and-so, or, the, or me sitting her down and say, hey, I'm going to be, I'm, I kind of like Miss So-and-so, and I, I want to, um, you know, I'm going to have in my life. So for me, a relationship is either I live with you, I have a child with you, or um, I've introduced you to my daughter in a certain way. So I've never been truly in that, in that situation. My fear of that situation is, I've been in situations where I've met women, went over there for the sole reason to smash, the sole reason to smash, and been in that in the house sweating, playing uh, football with this little kid all day and forgot all about smashing. I've been in situations where I went into this situation completely to smash, but I I start to like the little girl or, or, or get an attachment to the little girl or whatever. So... That's my fear that I'm but see that's different though, Chris. To start liking this kid, and then the situation with her and me and her mom may dissolve. But I kind of like I kind of do like the kid, so that's the that's the thing I feel. I've never been truly in that situation, but like I say, those are some red flags I see. Right. That's, the, that's the difference though. You, you're talking about smashing versus dating. Once you're already locked in, and that's what I was telling you, is because I've dated with women who have children once you're in and you are dating like we're an item we're dating by default once you start to love that woman you're gonna love that child you're gonna impart them to that child you're gonna try and nurture them and, and help them but i'm saying to you if you're gonna go that far as to date the mother that when the least you can do if the father is absent is pouring to those children tudor said he's been burnt like that before because as we grew up with no father we try to put as much guidance in the kids as we can so that they don't make some of the mistakes that we make. And I'm just saying as a, as a man, if you're going to be dating a single mom, at least be dropping those gems and seeds. Why you dropping yeah, those I'm, gems and seeds? I'm seed. totally for that. Now, I'm totally yeah. for that. What my, my, I'm specific. I yeah. don't believe that love should be forced on anybody. I don't think love, especially if, that, if the kid is given a choice whether they love me or like me in general. And me being told that I have no choice, I have to. That's that's what I see. That's the problem that I have. I don't. I don't. Oh yeah, don't, 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 don't intertwine in that. That makes. 
I think that what you said, a lot of people use cliche uh, phrases yeah. and they heard somebody who they respect utter and they think that that's a good woman so they're going to just regurgitate it too and not really understand what that means. Because that's a deep yeah. statement that you have to love my son. When I feel what Chris saying, if you really listen to what he's saying, it's like you can't demand me to have a, a emotional tie to your child without it organically happening for me to be with you. That, but you that, know that. But you know that, that with all of us, if some if, if a woman, bro, that you can say it. Say that the end of one has not been a deal breaker anyway, so we wouldn't have been there. No, no, that's not true. A lot of people we wouldn't have been like, there. Like right now, because I understand right now, I have the a keen ability to understand that most people say stuff in life they don't really understand what they're saying or they don't really mean. It. I right. understand that. So right now, when somebody's saying that, I tend to break stuff down to people because I've dated a woman too with a child. A couple of them. And one thing I know this too is that is a that should be a fear of yours that you're gonna get attached to a child because we are children lovers. So right now I tried to have continuous relationships with the children when I got through with their mom and it always fills it out. And I kind of end up being hurt because yeah. I actually liked it. I actually liked did, it. Yeah. And then, liked, the, then the child is taken away from you. Right. Then it felt yeah. like that because especially with the, the, the two times that happened to me, it was little boys. Who I had actually molded. They was yeah. actually going to get around. They was doing. I had put in work for them, and they actually liked me. But it just was a friction because the, the mom. It, it's hard to have. Uh, she's moving on. You moving on. You coming to get the child. Right. Yeah. 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 It caused a problem. I end up. I felt like I could have did so much more for him and been there so much more for him, but I couldn't because we've done. So that's a dangerous situation because a lot of men don't think about that. You might get hurt. In the whole yeah. situation of her taking her child back from you. Yeah, I wanted to highlight that again. I mean, I would say when a woman finds a good, solid dude, whether it's an uncle, whether it's a dude, me, good men are going to always mentor. We don't mind sharing what we didn't went through or the gems that we got because we know how valuable it was and how and how it changed our lives. Right. I'm saying to the women that's listening, if you have a friend. A lot of women are the biggest barriers and hurdles for their own kids. I know I had a friend whose son uh, had much potential. I don't know if it was she loved him so much because he was lonely or or it was just her fear. You know, I know y'all love y'all babies, but they're going to turn into men one day. And some of the mothers are the biggest hurdles for their kids. I had a kid who no matter what I did and out of my own pocket tried to get the kid on the right path, the mama was always the biggest hurdles. You know, hey, he was not going to be a college kid. He was 17 with nine credits in the in his junior year. Hey, I got a connection. Let's send him to a vocational school. Oh, I don't want him to do that. He's going to graduate. No, he's not. Oh, what about the army? Oh, I'm not sending him off to get killed. And I was like, you know what? Let me step back because I want to see this kid win. You know what I mean? You know what the mom wanted him to do? The mom was missing the daddy so much. Believe it or not, the mom wanted her son to hustle. That sounds insane. She didn't mind her son hustling, right? Because he was near her. He was near her, stayed at home. She was the biggest hurdle in his life. She paid his bills. He, I mean, gold, all of that. She was the biggest hurdle. And we argued one time. I said, you don't love him. And she couldn't understand the concept of what I was saying. You don't love them because you handicap them. Go ahead, Chris. 
Well, I want to elaborate on that because I see that I haven't been through it personally, but I've seen that situa similar situations happen so much. What I see is um, a man will be with a woman and then that woman has a very high expectation for him. Yes, that his, her, she expects him to go to work, take care of the house, be responsible and stuff like that. While you let your little sorry ass kid sit there all day playing video games, <laughs> you ain't finna you ain't finna have that responsibility responsibility on me when you're not gonna have that responsibility on that boy. That boy should have that should have the same exact responsibility. You should expect him to get his ass up and take care of himself. He should be taking care of his mama at a certain age. He should be doing yeah. everything he possibly can to take care of his mama. So. You and then you can't say nothing because you're building the exact man that you wouldn't want. That right. makes, that absolutely makes no sense. So right. I've seen it so many times. Men complain about well, she wants me to do this and this and that. She wakes me up on Saturday morning to cut the grass while her son is sitting there on his ass. Absolutely. But you not. wouldn't pour into the son. You're not gonna pour into the son at that point. I, me personally, yeah. I would love to. I yeah. would love to. But if you want to, if you are going to say, well, I, I say something, you're going to say, well, that's my son. You got one time for me. You got one time for me. You know, I don't have to, I don't have to get, get involved with that anymore because stuff, yep. stuff like that will make me not want to be with you. Right. At the end of the day, you're, you have to create the man. Don't you think you would have seen that earlier? Huh? The relationship? What's that? Huh? You don't think you would have seen that earlier in the relationship? To no, you're not, because that's not even going to be a lot of the time, not for me, because a lot of times I'm going in situations uh, on a smash mission. That's okay. I said, I don't think, I don't think nobody going to see that because I believe every parent, every single mama idolize and and just make their children first. So I've never walked, in, I've never dated a woman who didn't put her children first. So, right. so I don't, so right now, I'm you, you're not going to really never know if it's going to be friction until you have to bump heads with her child. That's when you're gonna see how how she gonna react. Cause if in the beginning, if you meet him and everything's good, and everything's good, y'all going to the park. But when you gotta say pull your pants up and he look at you, then she don't say she don't enforce that. And right. you say it again, and then she be like, All right, now he heard you like now. That's when it's cause it's gonna be that time of discipline. That's when you but, that's see. A, but see not but see that'll become a deal breaker for us, and then that kind of goes into like single moms dating men. Like, you know, right. at what point do you Allow that man to lead, and you're not going to jump in there and try and stop that man from telling your son what's right because a woman can't raise a man. And obviously, if that man saying something to him, as long as it, if it's not too outlandish, and I think that it should be. But that was another question that we had: single moms that are trying to date. Um, how do you go about? It? How do you how do you let that man that's dating you deal with your children? See, that's and, why that's, that's why I think that you got to understand. When you bring in a man, what, what does it really stand for? When a woman dating a man, she got to say, I got two kids, right? So you got to understand who this man is. Because if you don't trust that man enough, then it's nothing. You're not, you're not going to be able to trust them to your kids. But yeah, what happened is, right, what Chris said, on the first day, if I'm over there playing football and then your child seemed to like me, Mr. Mario, cool. So the next time we come over there, we go to the movies together, Mr. Mario, cool. But you never seen Mr. Mario say, "All oh, right, it's ten o'clock now. I think you should turn that light off and go to bed." Dang, you did your homework. You never seen that. You don't even know my morals on that. You don't know if I right. like God. You don't know if I'm an atheist. You don't know if I like school. You don't know if I sell drugs. You don't know if I smoke weed in front of the house. I, you don't know nothing. All you know is Timmy 
it's good with Mr. Mario, but Mr. Mario only been doing fun stuff. And you ain't yeah. dated Mr. Mario enough to even know Mr. Mario, but then he round Timmy. Yeah. Another thing, another thing I want to say is I think again, say I want to be careful with the words I choose. You said allow me and let me. I think that everybody on this panel ain't no such thing as allow us or let us. We're going to do that. If we get into a situation and you happen to have boys, even if you have girls, if we decide to extend this situation and and invest into this yeah, situation, we're gonna... you're, we're going to do it anyway. So, And if you don't, if you, and if there's friction on me doing it, that can stop our relationship. Right. Now, I really want to get to this exp uh, experience on this because I know he was in a particular relationship, and I don't want to, you know, if you don't want to go specific, that's fine. But he was in a relationship with a much older child, boy. So I want to get your perspective on it because you was in a relationship with a high schooler. Can you can you elaborate? I was in a relationship with a high schooler and grown people. Yeah, you know, you were so yeah. And you know what our issue was, which it took a long time to actually break through the wall was. And, and, it had, and I've dated multiple situations like that. It was the point where a lot of women, a lot of women sometimes date because they're lonely. They ain't dating because they're trying to build. They think they are, but they're two different things, right? Mm -hmm. When I got with the person, I was saying, I'm not here to be like a modified relationship. You know what I mean? I'm not on the side. When I step in, I'm, I'm taking this on, you know? And the biggest hurdle was, Mama Bear didn't know how to take the back seat because she was Mama Bear for so long. So it was a constant, and I'm talking about years. It was years and years before I threatened to say, I'm out. If I can't be a man, I can't, if I can't be a man, you you showing a different definition of what a man is to in front of a man. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like women have to reinforce men, and it was a constant battle where. I'm doing righteous stuff to say, hey, this is how it's supposed to be. I'm a man. You might not understand, but I'm a man. Mm -hmm. You have to trust me. Yeah. You have to trust me. And if I can't, if you can't trust me, then why I'm here? So my what question is, did you say you had that conversation with whoever the young lady was? And solidify yep. that, you know, that I have a problem with because I'm here with you and I see your son doing something that you know is not quite manly. And I'm trying to, you know, chest not even chastising, but correct it. But me doing that, huh? Before the person said, Well, I was with other guys who never cared. And I right. was saying, those but people didn't really person. love you. Those, those people didn't really love you. Because right. a real man is gonna come in and get into that man role. You get you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Go correct. Say, say, yeah. I want to talk to you too. I want to get your perspective on it. Because from what I know, you went into a situation without having a child to, with a woman that had children. Yeah, I would like to get your perspective perspective on that. Because it's one thing Tudor went into a situation when he had children, so he's already had experience being a father. You went into a situation where you wasn't a father, and you went into a situation with a woman that you were serious with with children. How was that? I mean, it was great. I mean, I had nothing. It was nothing wrong with it. I went in, and that's probably where my speech and my conversation with you came from. Because yeah. after I got into it, that woman, I realized that this is where I want to be. Then you know, that conversation was never had, and I'm a package deal. Like you got to accept me the way that I'm coming. It was already they straight. They with you. I got them. But then in the same sentence, I'm I'm pouring into them. 
everything that I have in me or even things that I'm learning, you feel me? Because I want to see the best for them. And that's just how that came about. That's why I'm telling you as a of a man getting into a relationship where you're actually dating. We're not just smashing. Because if we smash, you know, I'm not trying to see them kids at all. That's it. Right. Like if I'm there, I'm gonna I'm gonna pour into them just the same way that I would pour into the mother. Because if you're dating the mother, then obviously you're dating with a goal in mind. So you got to be building that person just like you're gonna be building the kids. And especially if you feed them. I'm sorry, my yeah. Hey, yeah. I'm taking these. I, I mean, like you said, I I wasn't a father, but I was I was dad. But see, that's the thing, man. I have I have trouble with that. Like I I can completely try to like your kid and just be smashing you. Like I can do I, I have ability. But don't, to do it's that. not a forced interaction. See if it's forced, then it ain't real. Don't do that. You know what I'm saying? But, but I'm saying right. that that's me. I personally like attachment people. issue. Uh huh. That's a that's attachment issue. Okay. All right. Let's go to Mario. Yeah, I was saying uh, another key thing I do too. I think it's my duty as a man. Well, uh, went through the child support system that I talked to every single mom I went to uh, and give them an insight to help that other brother out on the other side who was going through the same persecution that I went through to maybe be a little bit lighter on him. So anytime I was dating a woman and she was like, "I'm gonna put his album," hey, maybe he did. Wait, maybe I want to do, yeah, put him on child support because that's a lot no, of them. That's them, not real, yeah, that, but that ain't no real deal. Words, of words, guys out there who just smash the other guy. But I'm saying sometimes you got to get, a, I just always not take up for him, but get him a different train of thought yeah. on why this may not happen. Or maybe you overreacting, baby. Maybe you should do this. Hey, let him see his daddy. Man, I know he didn't do it last time, but he's still loving me. I always do that. So there's a lot of dudes out here who that nigga ain't stuck. Don't let him see his child. Those guys, I, I can't respect. I just test you. Set. I'm going to tell you right now. Because the nine times out of ten, your baby mom probably do and say the same thing about you. But that's the crazy part. It should be one helping each other because I'm two the same way. Yeah. Listen, I dated somebody before, right? And this going to sound crazy. Chris going to love it. I dated someone before, right? Once we started getting serious, all she, every argument she talked about her baby dad. Oh, he did that, da, 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 And it was always by child support. And when we progressed, I said, we, you don't need it. Take the man out of child support and see what he do. I knew the guy, I spoke with the guy. I knew he wasn't in the best financial situation, right? So he really couldn't even get on his feet. I was like, if I'm, if we're in a situation where your bills are taken care of, the kid is taken care of, give the man a chance to get on his feet. That chick said no. That chick said no. Did, did you stay with her? No, I ain't stay with her. But I'm saying the okay. money you get impact in the house. I'm saying I'm taking this on. I'm with you. You're feeding your kid. Your kid is taken care of. Your baby daddy, he barely making it. You know what I mean? He ain't got it. He keep getting his okay. life suspended. They keep garnishing his check. Take that foot off that man's neck and, and see what he'll do. You know what I mean? The man can't even freely spend time because he got to work two jobs. I'm, I'm going to make no. a lot of them mad. They part of the problem. But they'll scream Black Lives Matter. They part of the problem. I think a lot of dudes don't, I think a lot of dudes actually get with women and don't really look at that side of the fact. Yeah. Like, bro, did you understand that right now, every time that you don't help to ease her mind and give her good knowledge, that you perpetuating the same thing, the same yeah, cycle cool. over and over. Like right now, if I'm getting with a girl and she dog or doesn't do that, that doesn't affect me. But it does. 
Because if I don't help him, then it's the same thing get done and get done. And then a lot of times women only doing what they do, they feeling off emotionally. So if you were to sit down and say, baby, I understand he didn't come pick up drink this time. I understand. But listen, as a man, I love my dad. I wanted my dad to come out. Just give mm -hmm. her a different perspective. That's what right. I'm saying. Just take the time and then talk her through it rather than just, well, that I ain't gonna got I ain't got nothing to do with it. That's on her child or no, yeah, yeah. Pain, fucking taking everything. Like, don't a lot of you. guys take that approach yeah. on that, and that is not cool. You feel me? You do need to holler at buddy when he come pick them kids up and tell them, hey man, what you doing ain't getting you, you know, the results that you're looking for, player. And you need to, you know, tighten up if that's it. But let's go to Chris. Me, I'm I it's it's tough with me because I am 100 percent a believer that a man should be responsible for his own. Uh, kids. I believe that a man should be responsible for his own kids 100%. But yet I do agree with what you guys are saying that if you and I are together, let's say me and her together, right? The last thing I want her to be doing in my in our house or my house or whatever the case may be is having is fussing about her baby daddy. That's the last thing I want. I don't I don't you're not going to be bringing up this man name in our relationship. As far as now, I got to come home and you mad about another dude. So I don't want that. So whatever, that, right. whatever, however, to ease that tension, that's I believe that that is my job. So if that's a financial thing, then yeah, we, we may have we may have to figure that we may have to figure that out because you're not gonna. I'm not coming home after hard days of work and then you up here mad and tell me Tyrone did this and did that. I personally, yeah, I can't take. I'm not gonna take that. So I'm torn in this situation. I'm 100% believe that a man should be responsible for his own child. No matter what relationship she in, that man should have more responsibility for that child than that man, that than that father. I, agree. I think everybody agree with that. End, huh? I think everybody agree with that. I'm just saying, I don't, I'm just saying when it comes to the point of her trying to, like you said, beat the dead horse, like, okay, he should be doing it. I want not. him to do that. I'm not saying he shouldn't be doing it. He do whatever you got to do. I'm just saying, stop being a dead horse. Like, give give him some break because at the end of the day, sometimes a woman got to look at their blessing. Like right now, okay, he wasn't doing. It, but know what happened? God put somebody else in there to fill in the gap, so you not your child is not going without. So stop but, forcing this right now. But then again, hard to think about that though. What uh, if? Not to say that you need it. Not to say that you need it. What uh, if? A woman came into your life and did that for you. The way but, you would treat that woman would be would be great. You would put that woman on the highest level of treatment because she came in and helped take care of this for you. You, for one, you wouldn't be a, that wouldn't be your expectation of that woman. Right. You would be, and you would be because anything that you expect, you're not thoroughly grateful for. But if that woman was to come in there and ease that, you would treat her on a, on a, the highest level possible. The problem I have is there's men that come in and do that and still be got to deal with the same arguments right. that shitty Chris, dudes deal with. And that don't make no damn sense. It's expected of men. Remember you said if a woman did it for him, he wouldn't expect it, but it's expected of men. Yeah, so that's the difference. Anything that you expect, you're not totally appreciative of. Well, see, I know. It's the two... But the two women who I talk to with kids, I, I got it. I'm gonna get them credit. They didn't expect me to do nothing. I ain't gonna lie to you. They didn't require me to do nothing. Well, one of them just spent some time, but they was financially set. 
had it and didn't give a damn about their baby daddies every ten ever since now and again. Because I make sure that I pick a situation where I ain't having no friction. So you're right. I I, I make sure that we're not gonna have no drama over here. We're not having no drama over here before I even get into it. So when I seen that the father was either there or barely there, or he was cool with me, that's the only way I'm getting into a situation with somebody with a mom. Cause I know how that angry baby daddy, that fuel, like Chris said, you coming home, you mad every day because y'all arguing over something. I got I ain't got time for that. Hell, yeah. let me make you mad. Not another nigga. Yeah. Well, listen, before we wrap it up, I will say this. Ladies and men, no, I would say ladies, be conscious of the ears that you're around, whether they're teens or kids. I see too many people vent and talk openly and negatively about their baby daddies in front of young men and young ladies. That's still a daddy. That's still a parent to be respected. I don't care how frustrated you get. You would be surprised how it hurts the kid more than the person you're trying to hurt. And that has a negative impact because you're already putting the handicap on the uh, kids. Now they're looking to be uh, disappointed. You've already tore up their expectations because you have painted the daddy to be so awful to a young girl. And then to a boy, to a boy, they daddy going to be everything. That's one of the biggest issues I have now. We've evolved. I st we still got homeboys that's in the streets. Some of my homeboys in the streets, kids will never know what they do because they sacrifice it to make sure they got a better life. I know a lot of dudes that's hustling and want their kids to glorify them. And they look kids at 8, 10, already talking about they about to drop a car and they expect to mirror to some of the, the urban things that the kids, they seeing their dad go through. Everybody going to love their daddy. Everybody going to love their mama. How dysfunctional it is. Don't matter. But you, somebody got to stand in the gap for those kids. So be mindful of that um, when you're talking and being frustrated. So as we wrap up, uh, we're going to go around the board with these closing comments. I got, uh, I'm going to close my comment out with TTD Tito in the background, who is begged to come on backstage. You know, he's a celebrity now. He just hit Apple Music this week. So and you know what can you tell a young celebrity out here? So I'm gonna start off with Zay, Mario, and Chris. Closing comments. All right. Uh, closing comments. I'm gonna start off by thanking everybody for tuning in to us, uh, allowing us to talk about some of the issues that we thought would be enjoyable for you guys. Um, I will say one thing. Um, as we were talking about the trauma and stuff like that, and we were talking about evolving. I'm one of those ones who are still evolving. I'm still kind of going through it. So when you see me in a tailspin about it, I haven't all the way grasped that whole feeling of, or feeling like I've gotten all the way out. So Chris, as you said, uh, still continually healing, but I think that that's all right because in order for us to get better, we gotta go through those things. So that's a part of that. But overall, um, as the show is great. We were talking about the kids and the women and men that are dating these women. Man, be mindful while you're with them. Women, when you have a man that's dating you and you have kids, be mindful of that. You know, he's taking a sacrifice and a chance. As you see, you're worried about your kids being hurt. We also, as men, we're worried about being hurt because we love the kids just as much. Um, but I think those are my co closing comments for our show for today. Party. Yeah, I, um, first of all, I just want to say uh, thank everybody for tuning in. And um, y'all really making this a great experience for us because we can um, have blow off some steam and give y'all a point of view from some um, cool guys. I think I like to say we. I think we are. Um, 
Um, the last thing I want to say is that you got to understand just this for the women, because I get this a lot when people always ask me. Um, so what do you think I should do? Uh, uh, how did you do this? Or how did you do this? Just always remember this. Until you fully ready to be vulnerable, you can never be fully ready to love. Because a part of the process of honestly loving is knowing that you can honestly be shattered. That's just because in order to love, you have to be vulnerable. You have to give somebody those <laughs> dark places in your life that you've been holding. You don't build up fences around and everything. Me and Chris had a conversation the other day, and it was very intriguing off air. And the whole point was, to me, is, and just as a friend, he was talking to me and saying that he's a little nervous because of how I look at my marriage and how I'm all in. But I feel like unless you're ready to be all in on marriage, then don't be in sure. it. Because I'm all in. Like, you're right. Me and him were saying, if this don't work, I'm probably going to be crushed. Not probably. I'm going to be crushed because I'm putting everything into this because I believe in forever. That's why I don't believe in prenups or anything like that. So I always tell people this when they ask me anything about marriage. Not that I'm the guru or anything, but I just want to let you know. If you're not ready to be totally vulnerable, put everything in and risk it all, you don't get married. Because it, it's, it's just the point of y'all always going to be hiding or uh, dividing. You're right. And it's going to be 95% business. And you might as well just not do it and live your life. Yeah. Coach. Um, last show, I forgot to say this, but um, I wanted to last show was uh, was special because it came following juneteenth which is which is something that we need to celebrate a lot more and break shed more light on it also celebrated uh, we also celebrated father's day which is something that i you know my that's my favorite holiday of the whole year period so i i want to thank you guys for one individually i want to thank zay because zay was the first one that sold me life insurance. That's why I made sure I say this. I said that during the thing. They showed me life insurance. Now, I I didn't have homeboys that give give you work, but that gift, that teaching, that situation was one of the best things he could possibly do because not that means he told me not only do I care about you, but I care about your daughter. So I'm gonna get. I'm gonna convince you to get something that will secure you. Or and your daughter, if you pass, so I want to thank you for that. Uh, Hardy, I want to thank you for the lessons. It's and it's crazy because you're younger than me, and you always talk about what you've learned from me. But I want to take you thank you for the lessons that you taught me about fatherhood early because I watch you go through it. I watch you go through, I watch you go through uh, being a young parent, I watch you go through um, child support, I watch you your dealings with your mom and the way that you the way that you handle your mom because i at that point when me and you really really got close i didn't I, my mother wasn't in the picture so i i want to appreciate i want to just tell you thank you for those lessons I, like i say I, you always talk about what i taught you but you don't you just don't understand what what you taught me uh uh to again i said it in the first show the first person that truly believed in my musical talent was you. You was in your, you was in a situation with Uptown South, and I don't know who else you signed, but I know that you signed that you signed me. That means you took you willing to, you was willing to bet whatever situation that you had on me. So I want to always tell you that I thank you for that. Now Tyler, I didn't expect you to be on this show, but I want to 
I want to thank you for being inspirational to me. Like when you, I had honestly, I had nothing, absolutely nothing to do with music. I don't really, I don't really care no more. But you, by coming, by coming and reaching out to me and hollering at me about this stuff, man, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a, another love for it. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting, yeah. I'm, I'm getting a newfound energy for it. So I want to thank you for just, just showing me. Just giving me a, a reminder of what it that energy that I that I used to have at your age. And I think Hardy knows this too. We used to have a there was an energy of of creating art and then performing it and putting it on C uh well back then it was C D, but then putting it out, that's that's an energy that is remarkable. So I wanna thank you for that one hundred percent. I don't know where your daddy went. But well, let me say this to Tyler too. You, you don't even know that uh you being born first probably helped us all learn. Shit. We <laughs> watching your daddy actually have you around, you run up the street, seeing how he uh went through dealing with uh raising you. It's like man, because I called him a whole bunch of times, bro. And I was going through uh when I first got uh when I first got my baby mama pregnant, I was like, man, I don't know what the hell to do. Then none of these other guys had kids, and I was a kid. So he was like, man, it's all right. And I, I, I rode a long time in that Honda listening to his speeches about how he raised you. Uh, <laughs> and I got my first ticket in that Honda when you were born. Hey, but then to see you turn out <laughs> like this, it's a blessing, man, because I know your dad proud of you because I know this is what he talked about 20-some years ago, you becoming this guy. And you don't even know these talks that we was having about how he wanted you to be, how he wanted you to just – and to see you take initiative on your dreams – and not ask for nothing and really go get it because every day you send me something to show me that you working for your dream and that's something that this generation don't have because everybody else feel like they're entitled and i and i want to thank you for that too because you give me yeah. a little a little hope in the generation don't get nobody pregnant <laughs> not till i'm not till i'm 50. first off i want to say i don't know how the hell so i get kicked out of, i want to know how i get kicked out of the studio and come back like I'm a guest. I don't know what happened to my internet. <laughs> That's quite the blow. Listen, I want maybe so. Listen, I want to thank all of y'all for trusting me to take y'all on this journey. Um, Mario, I had it in my mind, and then Mario's wife was saying it. And a lot of times I get busy trying to juggle a lot of things. I have such a fear of being homeless <laughs> that I'm always working, but I do appreciate y'all trusting me at least listening to me when i i have certain ideas uh or certain uh things that i think will be beneficial for y'all i know sincerely we all want to see each other win and that's something that i don't take for granted to have real people that i know i that i really know got my back rain or shine jokes or not i know we real brothers and you know that's something that you can't buy um on my closing comments somebody sent in a message last second so this will be on next show and it's right up coach k and super mario Allen. somebody said can we talk about the single men that's balling and then you meet women with kids do you exhaust your savings to be with her buy a new home and pay for a wedding Hell no. <laughs> Hell fuck no. yeah and then you wake up that's and how that goes. <laughs> I see a lot of juggles get sucker like that. And if you remember on the beginning of the Flintstones, when Fred come home and the cat put him out, 
Man. That's a real scenario. So I missed out on a whole lot of the show, apparently. Uh, this is my son, TTD Tito. What's he's up? on we'll Apple Music this week. And he's on panel with his uncles because when I rode around and was getting it, he was right in the back seat. He was <laughs> huggies up, you know. Hey, shit. Yeah, man. Baby Gas. Go get your merch. Hit me and my Oshkosh, because. What's your closing comments, man? We got two minutes, TTT Tito. Man, all I got to say is the youth is watching. You feel me? The youth is watching. And uh, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a little experiment that that passed from y'all. You know, the life lessons that y'all taught me growing up. So I just want to let y'all know it's still it's still so wild, young man out there like myself. I don't want to, you know, brag too much, but you know, it's still so wise man, young man like myself. So we still watching. We still need that that role model and that youth and that you know that leadership. Because like it may not seem we not watching, but we is watching. So, and I got I got you know homeboys, you feel me? That they look up to me, and it's it's weird that they look up to me. So it's like, dang, I gotta get the I gotta get the the you know the lessons from somebody, so I can bring it down to them. So you know, I just want to thank y'all for that. Plug plug your stuff, man. Plug oh yeah yeah, merch. If you want your merch, I got t shirts. It's $26. Get your merch. Hit me in my DMs at TTD Tito right now on Instagram. Also, July 18th, I will be performing at Infinity Night Club at a marketing event, 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. It's a dollar entry, so make sure you get that. Also, In the Kitchen with H-Stop. I will be in In the Kitchen with H-Stop Thursday night at 6 p.m. performing my Tyler vs. Tito hit song and an unreleased song. Also, my tape will be my EP will be dropping July 10th. So make sure you look out for that. Tolerance Tito video will be out soon. So I'm just, you know, I'm just working, man. I'm just working. You feel me? I feel like I don't like nobody working harder than me. So I don't like feeling like that. So I'm just working, man. I'm just grinding. All right. Thank you for tuning in, son. You need a manager. I only require 20%. Ouch. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Thank you to everybody that tune in. We'll catch y'all next week. We already got next week shaped up. Coach Chris, Super Mario, Zay, we out. Thank y'all. Bye.